0: I know are crazy but I only wanna be with you You think I'm shady
1: cause I'm out here trying to make some moves But it ain't like that, just know that I'll be right back i give you all my time just to let you know you're mine It ain't nothing, promise I'ma do it all to give you something This love I got is only for you You're my comfort, my future husband I'ma give you all my heart, yeah, all of it, yeah Baby, I know that I gotta come fix it You're the only nigga that I be missing Swear I'm coming home to get you the business Turn up my phone and can leave me a message I'ma just cover your body with kisses
0: Kisses Rub your body down, you know that I miss it Miss it Glass in the air Toast to a high power Cause what you tuning in to right now Sit down It's Lito's happy hour Lito's happy hour, this is where we're at Rolling uncut, we giving real facts Educating, entertaining all the people And when it come to podcasts, it ain't nothing equal Giving people knowledge, they can put in action All the way authentic, we ain't never cap it. Exclusive interviews, cause we ain't never lacking. Like the other state is talking, and we bout the action. Huh. Glasses in the air. Toast to a higher power. This is Lito's happy hour.
1: What's going on with y'all? Uh, We're going to get it started. Welcome to My Brother's Keeper, um, you know what I mean? This is this is an event that I decided to put on for the brothers. You know, Father's Day is, is uh, tomorrow, June 10th this weekend as well. So we just gonna get together. We got a lot of women in here. That's awesome because I feel like we always need to keep learning each other, never stop learning each other. I know, you know, a lot of women don't necessarily know what us as men, uh, preferably black men, go through on a day-to-day basis when we walk outside that door. And a lot of times we don't necessarily, you know, you know, explain that to them or or feel like we can. So we got some help here today. We got some beautiful people in here. Um, I got some excellent, excellent speakers um, up first. Right. Let me play his music because he made he told me to make sure I play his music (laughs) and properly introduce him. Right. (laughs) Let me get you right, Uncle G. (laughs) <laughs> so he wanted that Ric Flair thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, up first we got Mr. Gerald Sitnor. Um He's been working 30 plus years um, in the mental health field. And this is what I'll say about, um, I call him Uncle G. You know, sometimes he's everyone's uncle. Sometimes he's everyone's father, but all the time, he's everyone's best friend. And that's, you know, my best man, my bestest best man for my wedding. So without further ado, Uncle G, um, you can take over.
2: Hello, everybody. My name is Gerald Sidmore. Thank you for the introduction. I really appreciate that. That Yes, sir. Uh, One of the things I want to talk about today is the mental health, the physical and the spiritual. The first thing we wanna do is be whole to be able to be our brother's keepers. So I'll be going on a rampage about all three parts. Okay, the first thing I wanna do is talk about the physical. But before I do that, I just wanna say thank you to Kevin and Trish. And I'm surrounded by a bevy of wonderful people, family, friends, and everything. God's blessed me. With the best sister-in-law, the best, best friend, the best kids, the best nephews, the best, best man and everybody around me. So I truly, truly, truly feel really blessed. And I'm really happy about my life right now. Uh, Joy of heart and peace of mind. Those are two things that you can't buy. You can't earn. They're gifts from God. So when he gives those to you, you're truly, truly blessed. I want to say that. Let me give you a little background on me. Uh, I worked in the mental health field for over 27 years. I worked from everything from uh, schizophrenia to ideations to um, cutters to all kinds of different degrees. Um, Also, I worked in social services field, too. Also, I worked for Concerned Black Men. I have my own organization called Community Fathers, which is back up and running again now. And we did a program, a life program for a middle school young black men that were at risk. So I've done a whole lot. My life has been full. I've been with the same woman over 30 something years. We've been married 27 years. We've had some wonderful kids. Um, and we pretty much have a book that we can write, maybe two books. So we're not going to go into all of that. But I just want to say, You know, thank you. And I'm going to start off right away with the physical. I'm not going to talk a whole lot because everybody has their own way that they want to train and eat and everything. But the things we want to do is you eat to live, not live to eat. The first thing you can do, and I'm also going to let you know, you can lose diabetes. If you have diabetes right now, you can actually lose this disease by changing your diet and filling your body full of uh, alkaline because alkaline kills acids and acids is what causes all diseases. So um, your lungs can repair themselves. That's the one organ that will repair itself. So if you're a smoker and you stop smoking, you can actually repair your lungs. The core, the number one thing you have to do is take care of your midsection. Get your stomach down. Once you get your stomach down, it changes your whole body um another thing too worrying we worry way too much about life right now if you have a home if you have a car if you got heat when it's cold if you got cold air when it's hot you're blessed you have everything you need you have food in your refrigerator so we tend to always worry about things we don't have instead of uh, praising god for the things that we do have so we want to tend to stop that worrying because it causes the acid to fill our body up. Also, muscle memory. A lot of times we'll start an exercise and we'll work and run. And then the first week you lost 10 pounds. And you're like, oh, I'm on it. Then the second week you only lose five. Then the third week you don't lose but one. And you're saying, what's wrong? Well, your body gets used to everything. So you want to change up your exercise. You want to keep your body in shock. So if you're running and you're not losing no more, then you might want to run up steps. You might want to do a bicycle, but you want to change and not let your body get muscle memory. So that's all I'm going to say about the physical. Now, the mental. Um, Our actions are a reflection of our thoughts. What we keep in our heart doesn't really reflect love because without it, you won't be able to do for others. And our main goal is we have to do for others right now. We were put on this planet as a social group of people to do for others. Uh, One of the things I wanna bring up is about, one of the biggest mysteries Or all people say is "Is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Well, I'm gonna bring up two examples. One is Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain, I'm sorry, who was one of the great cooks, authors, uh, critics, and he went around the world on a travel station and he ate from the best restaurants, the greatest foods. He had a wonderful job, was super rich. And he himself said on his suicide note that he had the best fiance, the best parents, the best friends, but when he was in alone, he was dark. He was in a dark place and he couldn't understand why his life wasn't more fulfilling. We'll get back to him in a second. Now let's go to another situation. So let's say he was the glass half empty. Now, where I worked at before, one of the ladies was a missionary and she went to Africa. She came back with this film from Amicia, Africa, showing these kids. And two were sitting at a desk. A couple were even on the ground, writing in the dirt. And she said, does anybody notice anything? And we all looked and looked and looked. And I said to myself, they're all laughing, they're all smiling. With hardly nothing, those kids were happy. So my thing, but they were all kids that went to church. Anthony he didn't. So when God breathed the breath of life in us, if you don't pay attention to that life, you're gonna be empty. And that's what he was, he was empty. They killed the And that's the difference between life empty or half full. So these are the things that we want to prepare ourselves for. It's hard to go out in the street and be a minister or a friend or just somebody who could just help. I mean, you could just go down the street and cut your neighbor's grass because she's too old. Or just speak to somebody sometimes. We don't do this anymore. And these are the things that we have to start doing. Uh, One of the other things we do is our actions are a reflection of our thoughts. What we keep in our heart doesn't reflect reflect the love, because without it, you won't be able to do for others. When you pray, God listens. When you listen, He talks. When you believe, He works. Where are you? Wherever you stay at, you can help. At one time, I was unfortunate. I went from the top of the line wearing suits every day to being in the shelter with my family. And it was very demeaning. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't believe that we were in the shelter for a minute, but we were. But then I found out God put us there for a reason. I didn't even realize that. But the first day we went to the shelter, it was a guy, and I'm 6'3". This guy was taller than me. I had to look up at him, and he had a yellow wig on, not blind, yellow. He had a dress that was too small and high heels where he had three inches of his feet hanging over the edge. And I was like, this cannot be my life. So what is going on? And, but he loved my wife. The minute he saw my wife, he was like, oh, Miss Tina, I love you so much. And we were there. And one of the things that we did do right away is we started reading Bibles in the evening and people started asking us questions. So the next thing you know, three days in, we started having Bible service every seven o'clock in the evening. We were able to save two girls. Two of them were being abused, one sexually and one physically. And um, they were asking, should we stay with these guys? And I said, well, let's see what the Lord says about it. And they were able to free themselves from the prisons that they were in at the time. Also was a young lady who was doing her feces on religion. We were able to help her with cue cards every night. And So you never know where God's going to put you to help somebody. Um, We were fortunate. We got our home and everything was beautiful after that. But do you think Noah wanted to be in the whale? (laughs) Do do you think uh, Daniel wanted to be in the lion's den? Meshach and the boys in a fiery pit? No, of course not. But God put them there for a reason to help somebody to get his glory in. And Paul, when he was in prison, he wrote some of his best letters to all the churches. So no matter where you are, we should be like Paul. I don't care where I am, I shall be content. So that's one of the things we wanna put in our brains, always be content because there's always somebody worse off than you. So um, the war that we're really in, ooh. People don't understand, this is a war that's not our war. This is spirits fight. This is, whether you believe it or not, end times. And numbers mean a lot. The two big murders where they shot all those kids and where they shot the people inside the um, market, both guys were 18 years old. The devil's very vain. He has to show himself. He has to let you know who he is. Now, if you take three sixes, what does it add up to? 18. Um, And if you notice all these murders that are happening, the majority of the kids that are doing it or dying are 18. They're being targeted and the devil's very vain. If you don't believe he's vain, listen to this. The number one holiday that we have in the world is what, Christmas. And what's his name? Santa Claus is Satan misspelled. So who do you think the elves are? And what name do we cross out on Christmas? Xmas. We're crossing out Christ's name. There's not another word in the English dictionary that we cross out for Christ's name at Christmas. And to show you how vain he really is, the number seven is God's number. Do you know? Santa's name is mentioned seven times more than Christ's name. So we're going to go past that. But just let me you know the enemy that you're dealing with. So uh, Sitting Bull once said, a warrior is not somebody to kill somebody. Of course not, because none of us have a right to kill anybody. A warrior is somebody that goes to people to help the homeless, to help the sick to help the wounded, and especially help the children, because the children are the future. So it's very important that we start dealing with our young people, guys. Um, Gotta give you what you need sometimes, but you don't even think. Like I said before, if you have the things that you only need to survive, then you're good. You're what you take in. You What you see, what you look at, what you hear, what you um, eat, If you eat bad stuff, you're going to have a bad body. If you listen to bad stuff, you're going to have a bad attitude. You hear the bad stuff, it's the same thing. So we have to watch what we say, what we do, what we hear. Okay. Um, Let's talk about the home a little bit. Being in a home, charity starts at home first. One of the first things we want to do is when a couple's together, We wanna have time for ourselves. So when you have children, you can't let your kids be up 10, 11, 12 o'clock when they're six, seven, or eight years old, no. My kids went to bed at eight o'clock. Amber sent me, stopped me right now, she used to fall asleep at quarter to eight like clockwork because that's what time we went sent her to bed because you have to have time for each other. You have to have time for each other. If you don't have time, positive time for each other where you guys can sit down and reflect on the day and be each other's lovers and keepers and everything, then it's not going to work. Eventually, the stress is going to destroy you. You are not your kid's friend. You're their parent. You're there to guide them, to teach them. I, I don't like what I'm seeing with these kids just screaming and hollering and disrespecting their parents. You can't do that. Um, sometimes you got to be able to uh, say the truth to each other. Like if you see your girlfriend, girls, and she got a midriff dress on, and seven inches of stomach hanging out, you're going to say, you don't really look good in that act or in that dress. Now, it might hurt or whatever, but you got to be able to tell the truth to each other. Don't sit up there and say, oh, girl, you look good. No, don't do that. We have to be able to tell each other the truth. If you see a friend doing something he doesn't need to do, if you see a friend in a situation where he's talking to somebody, you know he's married with a whole bunch of kids, you got to say, oh man, you know, they waiting for you at home right now. So these are some of the things you got to be able to do, speaking the truth. Sometimes it hurts, but that's being your brother's keeper. Um, Also, prayer is how we talk to God. He hears us. As you pray, accept it as being answered. That is faith. And to do so, your heart will be filled with a kind of peace that cannot be shaken by any trial or circumstance. That peace will take you through many a challenge. Give them every situation because no matter how great the challenge is, there's nothing greater than that. Uh, These are some of my 10 basic things that we should do. When you turn your worries into worship, God will turn your battles into blessings. Number two, don't allow people to worship you no matter how much, because God is using you. Always remember to give God the glory. Number three, pray for others all the time. Pray for their health, their mind, their finances, their children. Number four, your children can run from you. They can run from others. They can run from the church. They can run from the school. But they can never run from your prayers. Keep on praying, parents. Number five, when prayers become your habit, miracles will become your lifestyle. Number six, sometimes the process is painful, but God's plan is always the best. Number seven, um, make God your first priority of the day. Talk to him first and last. Number eight, why should we pray? Because God can do more in a second than we can in a lifetime. Number nine, give to charities. God loves a good giver. If you don't have finances, Volunteer to help somebody in the neighborhood, go to a food bank, help give out the food, anything like that. And number 10, pray your hardest when it's the hardest to pray. Um, you can, your choices and attitude determine your life experiences. It can make you healthy or unhealthy. Human beings are masters of unconscious self-sabotage. The good news is when you make up your mind about something, you can accomplish almost anything. When you realize that your willingness to get healthy acts as the foundation upon which all other good things are built. When you make your health your number one priority and mean it, reaching your goals require only action, steps, and patience. When you put into your mind, body, and spirit, you can become healthier at any age than you've ever been before. So start visualizing yourself in your mind's eyes. As the picture of perfect health to be strong and energized, sexy, clear-minded. Also, and that's another thing, too, being in the house with each other. Sometimes we forget how we got each other. There's nothing wrong with having that one night a week where it's a special night, and you can do anything. Ladies, go ahead and buy yourself a long, blonde, trashy wig. and call yourself Ismerelda or something like that, or Guys, sit up there and get some, come on, that's right, and come on and sometimes you want to get a bottle of wine or something and put it on the side of the bed and throw some roses on there. Write a letter and have it mailed to your wife talking about how much you love her. These are the things that we have to do to keep that love flowing, to keep it positive. Things get stale sometimes, but when you do things like this, it'll always keep everything going. Let me tell you something. I love my wife now more than I ever loved her. So I realized when God said the two become one, we have really become one. When I'm not with her, I'm not whole right now. So I'm into a spiritual love with her. It was a physical at first, and then it was a parental love, and now it's a spiritual love. So when you take care of that love, you got to feed love. Because see, love can't be destroyed. It cannot be killed. And if you don't do anything for it, it'll move on to somebody that wants it but you can't do anything about it. The only thing you can do is help keep it going. Burn that fire. You always gotta put wood in the oven to burn that fire. Am I correct? So if you don't put wood in the oven, what happens? It goes out, all right? So now, one of the last thing I wanna talk about is who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is above rubies. Well, let me explain something to you, the black woman how wonderful she is created, created better than anything on this earth, even us. Even us, because let me explain to you. The black woman is, she has the greatest senses of all. People don't understand that. Her five senses work better than any other human beings on the face of the earth, including her man. A lot of people don't know that. The mountain in her body just makes her above anything because anything can come from her, white, Blue eyes, blonde hair, slanted eyes, dark skin. Everything comes from her and only her. There's nothing else that will come through. Nothing but like, like What she delivers. Also, her hair defies gravity. When she takes her hair out, it don't fall down. It goes up and reaches up towards the heavens. What a wonderful creature that we have. When God made her, he made her to be the ultimate help me. So on that, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you for listening and I'm done. God bless. If you have any questions, if you have any questions, get in touch with Kevin and he'll give you my email, phone number, or address. Okay? Thank you very much, everybody.
1: That's what's up. Thank you so much, Uncle G. Thank you so much for, for coming on and pouring into everyone giving everybody this, you know what I mean, all the information that they need. Anybody have any questions for Uncle G right now? Anybody? Anyone, anyone, anyone? Okay. All right, well, we'll we will leave some time um, at the end also for Uncle G to... Uh, we will leave some time at the end also for everyone to answer questions if you have any Um, up next is a a bro of mine I always call him big bro he's always been big bro to me Um, he is a licensed um, associate professional counselor Um, Lamar are you in here bro
3: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking right at you sir you, okay, you. I see you now. You're going to see the lovely the lovely um tropical. I see you got your you got your Hawaiian shirt on today. Okay. I got you. I, got
0: you. I will I will explain that
3: shortly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all right, bro. You look good. <laughs> it's all good. Um I I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the, it.
3: The floor is yours, brother. Okay. All right. We will we'll... First, peace and power to all who strive, peace and to everybody, but blessings, you know. Uh, I am uh, humbled again for the opportunity to just um, speak a little bit about the topics I've been um, through many years of blessed sweat, and tears been able to, to develop some expertise in. Um, I also always want to shout out, you know, Kev. He's, he's a, a great support man, a great um, man who is just, you know, stepping into his purpose, and I'm just blessed to be uh, one of the many who have been a part of his development. Um, You know, it's many years of just seeing, you know, somebody grow up, and uh, growing up alongside them, and just seeing their development is is a beautiful thing, so I want to just make sure that I, you know, give you your flowers, bro, because, you know, not many people will do this, Um, not many people will take the time to celebrate um, some of the most under-celebrated so, you know, it's just beautiful to, to be a part of that. I want to to shout out my the only person on this planet who I will call Big Brother. My actual Big Brother, Sean, is is on the call. Uh, at least he was when I logged in. Um, so I'm grateful, you know what I'm saying, to see him on here. Um, and with that said, the, the topic is, um, you know, my Brother's Keeper is the theme of, of this today's session, but um, we also to be celebrating Juneteenth a bit. Uh, and so the topic of my brief discussion um, will be, it, it probably won't be brief, I ain't going to lie to y'all. Uh, <laughs> to quote the illustrious uh, Rohan Bob Marley, uh, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. All right, emancipate yourself from mental slavery, how, how we do that. Um, if we understand the holiday of Juneteenth, we understand that Juneteenth is the day that the last of our ancestors, the last of the enslaved Africans realized that they were free. Um, many dates have been thrown around and this is the agreed upon date has been Juneteenth. Uh, started in Texas to migrate all over the country it is now after several hundred years an official holiday to celebrate our emancipation from um, forced servitude. And in that vein, um, I think it's important that we make a parallel because while we have been freed physically from slavery, um, I would dare venture to say, and Uncle G referenced this a bit from what I heard, many of us are still enslaved mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Um, And so while we have all the opportunity in the world to manifest the greatness that is bestowed upon us, um, to actualize the prayers of our ancestors, we have yet to do that collectively. And I'm just going to give a few tips and insight into that um, from my perspective and in hopes that this will benefit you. Um, As Brother Kevin said, I am a licensed therapist. However, I've always been a therapist. Um, Me and my brother's father works in this field, which I didn't know. That's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, So I always have been somebody people talk to, even when I didn't want to talk to people. That's even to this day. (laughs) If you knew me back in the day, I didn't like people like that. So how I got into this field is above and beyond me, bigger than my proclivities, right? So when we talk about mental slavery, I want you to think about the negative thoughts and patterns that keep you bound, right? And these negative thoughts and patterns lead to negative behaviors. And one of the things that we as a people do not do, historically, we don't seek mental health treatment. Why is that? There are about six reasons I ascertain. One of them is that there's a stigma around mental health. Um, If you mention mental health, first term people use is what? And if if you can real quick in the chat, when somebody says I have a mental health problem, put in the chat, what's the first thing you think of? What word? One word, what word do you think of? I'll, I'll, I'll give you like two seconds. I don't even want to start throwing words out there. Crazy, there it is, off the rip, crazy, crazy. That's the first one you hear. And who wants to be crazy? Right? So if you don't want to be crazy, it's just like people who uh, don't go to the doctor. I heard somebody say, an uh, older black men say, I don't go to the doctor because I don't want them to tell me something wrong with me. So they'll just live with whatever they got going on wrong instead of to find out what's wrong and try to fix it. This is the mentality, right? So one of the first things we say is I don't, I'm not crazy. Well, I, well, I need to talk to a therapist, why well, need to see a psychiatrist, why well, I need to do blah blah blah. I ain't crazy. But when we use that term crazy, we're being dismissive, right? And we're we're trivializing the human experience. We all experience the broad spectrum of emotions that come with being a human, come with being Black, come with being a Black man or Black woman in America um, and in this world. And at times, it is a benefit for us to express that to somebody who is our advocate, who supports us, and has our best interests at heart. Um, another reason, a big reason, is a lack of resources. Um, whether that be financial, they can't afford it, so they think um, no insurance or underinsured insurance doesn't pay for quality care. or Just education, you don't even know how to all the options and resources that are at your disposal. Um, number this next one is one that's really important, um, which leads to it, it came up a lot during the the COVID nineteen pandemic and the vaccination concerns. It's our mistrust of the medical system this is a big thing um that still makes black life to this day a lot of distrust and mistrust in the medical system and for justified reason right america has a history of trying stuff out on black folks america has a history of um not appreciating black bodies black minds, black genius so you know, people don't want to go get the vaccine. People don't want to go to talk to psychiatry. A All of do is hook me up and make me crazy, have me all drugged up and slobbering on myself. Why, why, why am I take medicine? They gonna have me do that. And I could just blank whatever you know they do. Right. These next two four and five to me are connected. Um, you have the Messiah complex, right? Which is, I'm the savior. I have to take on the weight of the world. So I don't have time to help. I mean, to take care of myself because I have to help so many people. Or in conjunction with that, the strong black man, strong black woman syndrome, where I have to be strong for other people. But both of those thought processes place other people's needs above ours. I was raised by a black woman. Those of us who were raised by black women, uh, specifically, I'm using this role specifically when it comes to the strong black woman. I've heard my mother say, Other mothers say, people of mine who I speak to, where I I can't worry about myself right now. I got to make sure my kids are good. But if you're not good, who does it affect the most? I'm going to let that breathe for a second. Black men. (laughs) I'm just saying. Black men. If you ain't taking care of yourself, if you ain't exercising, drinking some water, going to the doctor talking to somebody about the stressors of the day, who gonna feel it the most? These are just things, but we don't make those connections, right? Like one thing that I always try to get people to understand, I've had to understand. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll let that for a bro. One thing is that we, the myth is that we always have more time. There was this old, uh, who was it? The whining, it was a whining song about that. Like, you know, thinking you got tomorrow or something like that. I can't remember the exact words. But like, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. So we have to make the most of the time we have today. And even if something happens and you're not here tomorrow, if you put the most effort and time into being here as long as you can for the people who care about you, then yes, tomorrow. Thank you. Is it Al Togan? Thank you. I appreciate that. I knew it was, I like I could hear the song, but I would messed up the lyrics, so forgive me. Um, But putting that time into yourself, you know, that there's a difference between uh, being healthy and being well, right? Healthy is the absence of disease, but being well is thriving, right? So we want to make sure we're making that distinction. Um, Last, and this is something I've been talking about a lot uh, that I try to get many Black people to understand, is John Henryism. And I think I told the story last time I was on and I always try to reiterate it. If you know the story of John Henry, John Henry was the black man who competed against a, a machine to barrel through a, a mountain. This is during the time where the railroads were being built all over the country and they placed a bet that he couldn't do it. So he worked himself, worked himself, worked himself. And he beat this machine. Now, when I first heard the story and I was a young man, I always thought John Henry lived. He was almost like a superhero, right? But I found out when I moved down here to Atlanta that um, John Henry died after he beat the machine. And that just threw me off. So I just started researching it and I found out that there's a concept that states that Black people use um, work as an adaptive coping mechanism. Right? You can call it being a workaholic or whatever, but what we do is that we work through our pain. And I don't mean work through it like Talk about it, deal with it, can face it, confront it. I mean work, do it. Like I'm just gonna keep working, work, working, working, work, working, 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 work, working until you die. Um, and this is something that I and I've been guilty of. I was raised by people who did it. I was around people who did it. You just work, you know, and you don't think about all the other stuff life has to offer because you've been through so much pain, it's easier just to focus on your career and your work instead of managing some of that stuff and how it bleeds into the rest of your life, right? So how do we work to get out of mental slavery, right? How do we work to address the negative thought patterns and beliefs beliefs to keep us bound? One of the biggest things we can do is know yourself, clarify your value, what's important to you right what do you believe in um you know we all lead different come from different backgrounds or whatever but until you know yourself you don't even know what is impacting your behavior with other people one of my jobs as a therapist is to make the unconscious conscious what do I mean by that? We all do stuff, say stuff. and We don't even know we're doing or saying, but it goes against our our, our, our greater good our, and our, our highest self. Right. Um, James Baldwin has a quote. If I love you, I have to make you conscious of the things you don't see. Uncle G was talking about relationships. One of the hardest parts about relationships is that you with somebody who is your mirror. They see you when you don't see yourself. And the best of us and the best of these relationships are those who people are able to say, look, babe, you wild. This is why you're tripping out. I see you bugging. You know like a lot of times for men, you know, I, uh, when you packing on the pounds, you're not doing something, who be first person to tell you? Hey babe, you might want to slow down on that on that cake. (laughs) Why you in there, Uh, sir? uh, If I'm lying, I'm flying. I feel like, hold on, let me show you my feet. I'm still grounded. You're still here. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. That's what these relationships are for, right? So you got to know yourself, know what you value. The second thing is set clear intentions. One of the words I've been big on this year for myself, for my family and my friends and people I work with, is being intentional, St- I'll give you a brief story. So, Kev, you've been planning this, what? A few months now? About two three months? Okay. So, the reason I'm in this, this tropical attire is that I'm at a family reunion for on my wife's side of the family. Now, this was mentioned to me some months ago, but it was never brought up again. <laughs> never brought up again. So, Kev was like, yo, y'all thinking I'll do it June 18th? 7 to 9, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, bet. I ain't got nothing. I looked, I looked at my calendar. Nothing was there. I said, bet, let's do it. 7 to 9, let's get it. Two or three weeks ago, don't forget we got the reunion <laughs> June 18th. Huh? What? I thought we, I don't, it's, it's not on my calendar. Oh, well, see what had happened, etc., etc. right? So I've been, talking back and forth with Kev, like trying to figure out how I can make it work because why? I was intentional about being here in this moment because I knew, A, I would receive something from somebody giving pouring into me, but also I knew that I had something to say that hopefully could benefit somebody else, right? And that to me is more important than most anything because that's why I'm here on this planet, right? I'm here to make this better. And if I didn't think this was important, if I wasn't my brother's keeper, I wouldn't do this. I'm going to let that breathe, too. That, that was a pretty good moment. I'm going to keep going. Intentions. You have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. What the most important thing we have outside of our time is our attention. That's why so many people spend millions and billions of dollars every year to get your attention. That thing, this thing I'm holding in my hand, the thing you probably got, are you watching this on? That is a billion dollars for somebody, because you're gonna spend money, you're gonna spend your time and attention on this phone, on your laptop, right? That's why it's so important to be intentional about our time. What you and what you're intentional about, you make time for. Boundaries. Third thing. What are the boundaries? One of my good friends, he since passed on. I consider him a brother. So in this moment, I'm keeping him. You used to always say there's a lot of love in no. There's a lot of love and no. Sometimes you just got to tell somebody, hey, I love you, but I cannot do. It. It's the hardest thing to do because you have, there's this word that I've made a cuss word. So I tell my clients this, I tell my friends this, but should to me is a cuss word. S H O U L D. Why should a cuss word? Well, you you should know. You should have did this. You should have did that. Should I have? I don't know. Right? It, it, it's such it's loaded with so much expectation, right? And then you feel like you should do something. Right. Oh man, I, I should do that because that's my mama. I should do that because that's my daddy. I should do that because that's my brother, my cousin, whatever. Sometimes you should not free yourself from mental slavery. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes there's a lot of love and no. It's a whole lot. It's just I love you, but I can't do it. Just like uh, Uncle G said with, with parenting, sometimes you gotta tell your kids no. Uh, no, baby, I can't. I love you, but no, it's, we're not doing that. It's a lot of love and no. That's all I'm gonna say. Build your tribe, right? Build your crew, build your team. Um, You got to have people in your circle whether you talk to them every day or every now and then. You have to build a community around you um, because you can't do this by yourself. No no one man or woman is an island. There will be times you will be alone. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that you have to, have to, have to build a healthy support network. And if your current support network is not healthy, you might need to find you some new support. Sometimes that support, I'm gonna go back to what Uncle G said, might be your, your, your significant other. Maybe you can't hang out with the fellas or the, the, the homegirls like you used to. Maybe your, your support network is at the crib. As he said, Charity Starts at Home. Remind me, of one of my favorite albums. Fonte said, Charity Starts at Home, right? Trust yourself. You have to trust yourself. Right? Trust yourself to know that if you tune in to the power that passes understanding, if you tune into that infinite wisdom that is already there, that infinite genius that is within you, you tune in and tap into that. The decisions you make going to turn out how they're supposed to turn out. And that doesn't mean it's going to turn out the way you want it to turn out. Let me be very clear. But that does mean, they will turn out how they're supposed to. I firmly believe that. With that, when you trust yourself, you develop resilience, the ability to bounce back from adversity because you realize in every failure is the seed of success. You also develop self-efficacy, the ability to believe you can do stuff over and over and over again. We only build this when we trust ourselves. Last thing, to protect your peace, I, I, I want to design a t shirt, Kev. I'm telling it to you now. you be designing stuff. I want to put protect your peace and a pistol next to the pistol protect your peace. You got to protect it by any means. Like the picture of Malcolm posted outside the window, looking looking out the window with his, with his, you got to protect your peace. If you're not at peace with yourself, how can you be at peace with the world around you? If you don't have peace with sin, there cannot be peace without you. It just doesn't work that way by any means, at all costs, protect your peace. That might mean the relationship you're in, you might have to chunk the deuces because it, it is belittling your peace. It might mean, oh, that's my uncle right there. What's up, Uncle Phil? It might mean that you're not able to fully uh, be around certain people. You got to protect your peace. It's the most important thing you have. And if, you don't, if you're if you not willing to protect that, you're going to live a really sad existence. All right? So just a few little thoughts to think about, and then I'm going to close and open it up for questions if you have any. Uh, what you feed your mind can free your mind. That was something similar to what Uncle G said earlier, right? What you allow yourself to intake information-wise can either feed you or it can hurt you. Remember that your thoughts and feelings are behavior and behaviors are all connected. And just because you think something doesn't make it real, right? So when you're feeling something is telling you something, just because it's the feeling doesn't mean it's a real thing. You have to begin to put your thoughts and feelings on trial and really analyze if what I'm feeling is how I should be felt. All right. Um, control the controllables, right? You got to control what you can control. Everything else is nothing you can worry about. What is within your control within this present moment? Right? If you spend it, most of us, in my experience, we spend more time trying to figure out ways around stuff we can't do nothing about than just accepting things as they are and moving towards that. When we spend time fighting against stuff we can't control, what's the stuff that we can't control? Hmm. Let's think. Let's put in the group chat, in the chat real quick. Name one thing that, that is not in your control. In your, in, right now in your life, name one thing that's not in your control. I've named one thing that's out of my control right now, how hot it is in Atlanta. Well, this steamy in here. What's something that's not in your control in your life? Right? Yes, the gas prices for sure. Everything but yourself, that you you, you jumped the gun on, on that piece of game, but that's really what I was about to say. Everything that's not yours, what's in your control? You, your reactions, your thoughts, right? Your responses to situations, that's the only thing you control. Everything else outside of your control, and there's nothing you can do about it. If you're in a relationship with somebody, one of the, most thing, one of the biggest things I hear in a couples counseling, when I'm counseling people, well, she always does this. She always does that. He does this, he does that. What that got to do with you? Well, if he did this, I wouldn't do that. Really? Again, nothing you can do about how a person is behaving. What you can do is behave in the way that you see fit in the best way possible, and accept accountability for your actions and your behaviors. I wanna leave y'all with a quote from Viktor Frankl. He wrote a book, one of my favorite books, um, Man's Search for Meaning he was a psychiatrist during um, world war ii and he was in austria um and um, invaded by the nazis so he spent several years in a concentration camp and during this time he worked on this book and this book man Search for meaning which i recommend you know you read if you a reader or listen to it if you've got audiobooks or whatever um is about his time managing that that experience of being in a um, in a concentration camp and what he said was this one of the things he one of the many great things he said when we are no longer able to change the situation we are challenged to change ourselves and i would say as black people um or africans having a black experience in america um that is our challenge we can't change so many things but what we can change is ourselves and how we view situations and how we approach situations um and, and and I want to, again, um, Uncle G said a lot of really good stuff when he mentioned goals. Goals, he said steps, actions, and, and patience. You know, you clearly can't put no better than that. Um, if you, the human mind is such a beautiful creation that if you really set something in your mind and then you put consistent action towards it every day to complete it, you really can do anything or learn anything. It may not be right away, but you can learn. And I close with this, then I leave it open. I think Kevin might have some questions for me. Um, one of my mentors said this, and it's been a life plan for me, so I always try to spread it to other people. We, as humans, overestimate what we can do in one year and underestimate what we can do in 10. We overestimate what we could do in one year and we underestimate what we can do in 10. What's that mean? If you want to be a millionaire and that's your goal, you may not be able to be a billionaire in a year. But if you are consistent, diligent, and improving yourself and improving your situation, developing the skills necessary to become a millionaire in 10 years, that could be a possibility for you. Right? So keep that in mind. Um, I hope I wasn't rushing. Hope y'all got something from uh what I had to say. Um Kev, I don't know if you got any questions of me. Uh but if you do, um what I felt like I needed to touch on, I have done that. Yes sir. So I'm 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 here for, for whatever.
1: I got one for you. Um yes sir. Do you know the um percentage when it comes to suicide uh men versus women or black men in particular? I think you
3: asked that before. Um, and while I don't have the exact number off top of my head, what I do know, and it's funny you said this, I'm going to answer your question, then I'm going to tell you why this is coincidental. So speaking of, of the topic of suicide, um, what I do know is that men complete suicide more than women, because men usually have access to lethal means more, what I mean, they got guns. So men usually complete it more frequently. Um, And oftentimes it's, you know, we men pick guns because it's quicker. Um, The methods that, you know, women may use, um, generally speaking, um, aren't as, um, you know, as the pills or something like that. Uh, But usually men complete suicide more. That doesn't mean they attempt it more. It just means they completed. Um And why I said that's coincidental, because the last, um, thank you, sir, put that in the chat. Um, when I, a friend of one of my good friends who died by suicide six years ago now, um, the last thing he said to me was, I'm my brother's keeper. And then two weeks later, he you know, died by suicide. Yes, Black males are the fastest group. Um, Here's the thing about statistics that I want everybody to think about. A lot of times with statistics, stuff has already been happening, but Black people in general and Black men specifically are excluded in a lot of um, statistical studies because we're not, they're not, that's not the target population they get numbers from a lot of times. So um, that's always been a thing. It's just that we haven't identified it. and allow me to say, and I appreciate you putting all this stuff in the, um, in the chat, brother Keith, um, allow me to also say that some of us are killing ourselves every day. Anyway, we are just not identifying it as suicide, but when we're making certain choices, um, we're very intentional about slowly killing ourselves. We just don't want to outright do it. But if, um, if, and I speak about this from personal experience, you have an elder who stops taking their medication that may manage diabetes, may manage high blood pressure, right? Sometimes they just don't want to do it no more. I know my grandfather doesn't like to stick himself because he has diabetes. But you have to do it. This is a, a, you know, something that you have to do to help live, right? Um, the type of drugs people take. There's so many things people do that, um our death as well and we have to be cognizant of that too like if we're not taking care of ourselves even if we're not formally trying to die by suicide and being and that's the other thing too the language around stuff so long answer to a short question and keep put all the actual numbers in there um but everything he the numbers he put in there is everything i'm saying he just put his act numbers to it but it has been on the rise but been going on for a while. It is that the numbers are starting to catch up to what happened in our community for a while. Rest in peace, Doc Strange, by the way. I want to make sure I say that. Um you you have any questions
4: for me?
1: No, bro, that was, you know, I just wanted to uh you know ask about that because I remember we we discussed it, but we didn't really I don't think we had a, ch- yeah. a chance to uh, really, you know, talk about it. But yeah, rest in peace, Doc Strange. Uh, sure. Rest in peace to my uh, my God, DeMarcus. You know, we for lost, sure. we lost uh, DeMarcus right. due to, you know, what I'm saying something similar um, as well. So, yeah. um for sure. Anybody have any questions for Lamar at all?
3: And if you don't want to, say, um you you can put him in the chat too. um
1: It look like we look like we good, bro. Listen, man, I know you. Um, So
3: this was tough. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I just wanted to add um, that we have, um, every Thursday, we have, um, no, thank you. Um, every Thursday we have our Black Men's um, Wellness Meetup. Um, every Thursday, um, Kev will put it in the chat. I'm sure. Um, at the link he also sends, um, I partner with the Total Access Foundation. And what we do is we work to provide access to mental health services for Black folk. Um, so we provide that group. within then Mondays, um, we provide a group for teen boys or young men. So um, if you go to the TotalAccessFoundation.org total backslash groups, you can sign up for either one of those. Um, I'm I facilitate. Um, it's not like a group therapy session, but it's therapeutic. Um, it's a chance for brothers, young and old, to come together and just express themselves. Um, talk about all kinds of stuff that they may not have the opportunity to talk about uh, consistently. Uh, you know, so if you if you know somebody who you know is in, is in need of counseling maybe but doesn't really know what to do or know they need to talk about something but maybe a little apprehensive this is a very good way for them to just get acclimated to what mental health is i mean the mental health services are um in a very like you know what i'm saying loving environment i really can't say nothing other than that like it's really a lot of love between the brothers man um you know it's, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of uh, it's been about nine months for the men's group and um you know Thanks, you know, to people like Kevin and other and Keith and other people. Um, it's really grown a lot. So, you know, um, you know, my brothers got on there. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, it's been, it's been, you know, a great experience. So if you know anybody who could benefit, um, please, you know, by all means, come through. Um, so I want to make sure I said that. But go ahead. What you was going to say, Rob, how that?
1: Oh, no, I was just, you know, I was just wanting to thank you, bro, for coming on. Um, like I said, I knew I knew that, that was kind of tough for you to try to wiggle. But you, know, you, know.
2: <laughs> I've been wiggling,
3: you know, I've been wiggling, I've been wiggling a long time, players. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> kind the wife, I'm sorry. she be all right. <laughs> she be okay. We we that, that, that was the conversation we had when we were driving, you know. I uh like I said, I I have to I, I live by healer heal ourselves. And I can't get frustrated or upset about things that you know are outside of my control. Um, our family committed to being here. Um, and When you marry somebody, you become part of their family. And if they got stuff going, you got stuff going. So, you know, um, but I think that they understand. And this is something, again, what um, Brother G was talking about. Like, you know, you, you're part of the same team. We all part of the same team. We all want to see each other do well, benefit, um, and grow. So, you know, I'm just um, blessed to be a vessel. I'm blessed to be able to um, share my experiences um, in a way that can benefit other Black people, Um, people in general for sure, but Black people specifically because we need it. You know, we're not, we don't have access to it. We don't take advantage of it. Um, We need more, you know. So as long as I could do my part and give them an opportunity to do that, I'm always want to take the opportunity, bro. So anytime you need me for so anything like this, um, next time, no, I'm going to be somewhere stable with my laptop in. The pocket, that's just how, how I'm rocking. But, you know, we made it work today. I went old school with the pen and the pad, you know, but we that's got what we need doing. to get. That's,
4: that's how, how you do. know,
3: it's all good. So I appreciate you and everybody um, listening and logging in and being attentive. Um, I am now probably going to depart and go to this lovely union. My festive shirt, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna sit on for a minute, man, to check it out because I know the next brother company ain't got some heat. So I'm just,
1: like I said, I'm grateful to be a part. Yes, sir. Yes, thanks, bro. I appreciate you. Uh, this was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, if anybody need to get in touch with Lamar, I get the, I, I, I'll put the um, information in the chat um the link and everything so y'all can you know reach out to him um but we uh we about to turn up in here about to turn up
0: let's go I don't um, know what they're going through but we still to tell you that what's in front of me you-
5: yeah we about to turn up in here um it's about to go down
1: without further ado i want to bring on christopher lance pernell who is the senior pastor and founder of the elevation family worship center all right we're just gonna let this rock a little bit because everything he about to talk about it's gonna be big. in
0: the
1: room. in the If y'all afraid of a Lord Jesus, y'all might not want to be in here. You know
0: what
1: I'm saying? Because it's about to get real.
0: Getting ready to move. If you're
1: afraid of a Lord Jesus, you might want to hit that one button, that
0: leave button at the bottom. God. It's about to go there. A miracle. Just for me. And it's gonna be.
1: It's gonna be big. I'm running
0: into destiny.
1: If you're afraid of the Lord Jesus, like I said, hit that
0: button. That leave button.
5: Yes, sir. Cousin. All right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate you so much. Let's give, uh, give a shout out to my man, Kevin, for having this event, to uh, all the speakers uh, with a whole lot of knowledge and everything. You know, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be able to have this opportunity and be provided with this platform. But uh, I want to give a shout out. To my wonderful, 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 wonderful wife, Amen. She is on the call, Amen. And it just makes me feel better that I that I can uh, that I can preach, Amen. That I can preach with her listening, Amen. So uh, that's the only opinion I really need. So you know, (laughs) but uh, I want to give a shout out to my man, though. Uh, What's it? What's it? True, True Leon, True Leon. Bro, you got the coolest setup, and, and I mean, bro, I, I I need to get the setup like that, you know. Yeah, thank you,
4: thank you. <laughs>
5: so I, I I thought I thought it was a, a radio show was on the line with us or something. <laughs>
4: so. Go ahead, and preach, Pastor. Thank you, thank you.
5: <laughs> well, uh, um, I'm excited though, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get started uh um i'm gonna i'm gonna read a scripture real quickly amen um i'm gonna come from matthew uh one um and we're gonna begin at the 19th verse uh, amen we're gonna begin at the 19th verse i don't normally read the scripture my wife normally read the scripture so this is new amen i don't preach on zoom but i'm gonna do my best amen to make it work you know so uh but it's 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 Juneteenth, it's Father's Day weekend. I can do it without her, Amen. But, but keep on listening, babe, just in case, Amen, <laughs> Amen. Uh, it says, it reads, then Joseph, her husband, being just a man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of david do not be afraid take you mary your wife for which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name jesus for he will save his people from he will save his people from their sins we can stop right there amen so that was uh 19 to 21 and i just wanted to uh talk real briefly from a topic of uh, uh i told i told my church should be on here because i told them i'm doing a two-part series this is the first part second part gonna be tomorrow on sunday so if you ain't on here now you might be a little lost tomorrow on Thursday, all right so it's, it's called fight club amen so we're gonna have this is called fight club a two-part series so um one of the things i want to talk about is uh you know, one of the things is once you get exposed to something, you can't be unexposed. Um, so we got to be careful what we ask God to expose us to, you know, because once we get exposed, we get spoiled. And that's why we can no longer settle for what people think that is a good life for somebody else. Because I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with the job. I'm not saying that my job is bad. I'm not saying that a nine to five isn't good for somebody else. But that's not what God has promised me and exposed me to. So why you think that I should settle, Why you think that I should be okay, Why you think that I should be happy with where I'm at right now, but I'm not satisfied because God has already exposed me to a promise that he has for me. And I won't settle for anything less, but I want to go and get all that God has for me. So, uh, um, and then this Juneteenth uh, season that we're in, um, one of the things about Juneteenth was that they were already free of slavery. They just didn't know. They were the last ones to know. And it's a lot of us that are walking around already free because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. But we don't know, and it wasn't until they was exposed to the truth that their reality changed. So sometimes we have to get a revelation, not just on the word, but a revelation on our reality, because it's a lot of it's a difference between your what's true to you and the truth, because Jesus said He is the truth and the way. Well. So it's a difference between what's true to you and what's the truth. So we have to be exposed to the reality of, we have to be exposed to truth. Amen. So uh, let me just go down to the next one here. When Jesus asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the crowd. He said, you are the Christ. He said, upon this rock, I shall establish my church. It was on this revelation. He said, he shall st- establish this church. So the revelation should be your foundation of what you should establish something on or build something on. So we need a revelation to establish our families on we need a revelation to establish our businesses on we need a revelation to establish our lifestyles on because we have to get a revelation of the reality of how christ wants us to live it's the revelation that will set you apart from living an average life to living a good life that god has intended you to you know what do we need a revelation of we need a revelation of what the truth is you know jesus said the truth shall set you free so if we can get a revelation on the truth, we can eliminate some of the frustrations out of our lives. Many of us are wrapped, are wrapped up, are wrapped. Up, <laughs> many of us have to wrap our heads around the fact that sometimes we have accepted some. We have accepted some things that we have. Ex- <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry workers in the background doing this to me. I can <laughs> I know. <laughs> People outside the window. I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry.
5: Oh. Uh, uh, all right. I got interrupted. Everybody in the room with me now. I got a whole congregation in here now. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and pick right up. I apologize. You know, I got, they say I got ADHD. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, they talk about, so, Sometimes we have to wrap our heads around the fact that there are some, there are some, some truths that we we accept some things that are true for our truth that aren't necessarily true. So when life gives us something that contradicts what we believe to be true, it can cause us to question not just life, but God Himself. So for a for an example, we believe that God is good, and every believer should believe this. It's, a, it's 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 therapeutic. It's comforting. It's it's a calming thing. It's essential to for for every believer to get the revelation that God is good. But what we must also what we must also know that He determines what good is. He determines what good is. So when we assume that our version of good is the final and determined version that when something happens that is contrary to our version of good, we can ultimately end up having an issue with God. What what I'm saying is when we have determined what is good to us, let me give you an example. We believe that God being good is saying that we'll never cry. But the truth is He said that I'll wipe away every tear from your eye. So if you get caught up on what you believe in, then you'll have an issue in your crying moments. You'll have an issue in trying to figure out why am I crying? But sometimes God will cause you to cry just so that you can know and understand that he'll wipe away every tear from your eye. Uh, (laughs) That he'll wipe away every tear from your eye. We we, 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 We thought that it would be that we wouldn't have to get into the fire. But the fact that we don't have to get into the fire is not true. The fact is, if he will actually pull you out of the fire, or like the three Hebrew boys, if he hasn't pulled you out of the fire, then that means he's getting ready to get into it. He's getting ready to get into the fire with you. And I don't know about as who this is for, but if God has not pulled you out of your fire, out of your situation, out of your circumstance, then that means he's getting ready to step in it with you. And he's getting ready to step in that job. He's getting ready to step in that marriage. He's getting ready to step in that, that, that heartache. He's getting ready to step in that mindset. He's getting ready to step in it with you. I dare somebody to type in the chat for me one time. I promise I ain't gonna ask you much, but just type in the chat and just say, God, step in with me. Step up in it with me. God is on his, if he has not pulled you out of it yet, then get ready because he's on his way in. Oh, glory to God. It's it's good that we know that God can get in the middle of a situation. Amen. And when we get exposed to the truth, it will have us questioning bad truths that you've learned from, understand me, you've learned from good people. Mm -hmm that you've learned from godly people, oh, wow. that you've learned from people with good intentions. Wow. And we know it's hard for us to live a right life. But it's hard for us to live a right life when we have bad information.
0: Oh.
5: So so here, here's a truth that Jesus does not explicitly state, but he consistently implies Ooh. throughout the scriptures. He doesn't explicitly state it, but he consistently implies it throughout the scripture. And this is the title of the sermon for anybody that's taken notes to the part one of it. Amen. Life is a fight. Life is a fight. Oh, glory to God. Jesus said in John 16, it's, it it says, in this world, you will have tribulations. He didn't say you might have. He didn't say if you probably have. He said in this world, you will have tribulations. But before you get depressed, before you get this disarray, before you get ready to throw in a towel, he said right after that, he said, but be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. Oh glory to God! I don't know about you, but that got me excited just to know that Jesus has overcome what was trying to overcome you. Oh glory to God! See see see! I, I I'm trying to remain seated because I get excited sometimes. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to I'm, I'm gonna try to do this when I'm standing up. I'm gonna do my best. Just uh just help help me out. So 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 you you won't be able to avoid everything. Oh glory to God! You won't be able to avoid everything but what you can't avoid you can overcome
0: <laughs>
5: what you can't avoid you can overcome oh glory to god and how do we overcome this thing called life well you're going to have to fight oh, you're going to have to fight all this all this it, it, it says faith without works is dead. But what does faith working look like? I'm here to tell you, I so I know what it looked like. It looks like a fight. Oh, and the church has taught us, I ain't gonna talk about the church too bad. But the church has taught us we 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 have failed in this area because we have taught we have we have been taught how to sing. We have been taught how to sew we have been taught how to serve. But the one thing that we haven't been taught, we haven't been taught how to fight. (laughs) We, We have not been taught how to fight. And just because you don't know how to fight doesn't stop you from getting in a fight. Oh my gosh. Just because you haven't learned how to fight don't mean you won't get in a fight. And a lot of us are in a fight And because we don't know how to fight, we don't know how to respond to a punch. So we take, when we get one little blow, it takes us out. So, so, so tonight, you know, this is not church. And I want you to know that you are no longer in a Zoom session. What I want you to realize, you're not in church. You're not in a Zoom session, but you have walked in to a training facility. You have just walked into Fight Club. So I want you to welcome into Fight Club. Oh, glory to God, because we're getting ready to equip you with the skills to bob and weave, to stick and move. Oh, because some of us are hurt not because you've been hit, but because you didn't know how to block and have a counter punch ready. Oh. Because when you get hit, instead of you being able to roll with the punch, or instead of you being able to dodge the punch and send a jab back, you start complaining and trying to figure out well, why is this happening to me? Oh, well, woe is me. But the problem is that you got to understand life is a fight. Oh, glory to God. So, so there's a trainer that I called up this week. I said, I got some people coming to the fight club. I need them to learn from a fighter some skills they need to fight. He said, well, PL, what you need me to do? I said, what I need you to do, I need you to pull up on me. I need you to pull up on me on a Zoom call. Because you were one of the greatest fighters in the Bible. Woo! You had great contributions but you are greatly unappreciated Hmm. and not only underappreciated, but your contributions are undervalued. Sound like most men that I know. Oh, we getting ready to get into it now. This was just the introduction. Oh, glory to God. Because God told Mary, that she was having a baby, but he told you what to name it. Oh, glory to God. He told Mary she was having a baby, but Joseph, he told you what to name it. Oh, and, 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 and while the king wanted to kill the baby, the angel came to you and told you to take the baby to Egypt, it was your obedience that got Jesus out of trouble. Oh man. And while Mary deserves the credit that she gets, we ain't taking nothing from Mary, but on Father's Day, oh, we need to understand that Joseph had a great hand. Woo! Joseph had a great hand. And the raising and the rearing of our Savior. Oh, I know it's Father's Day. I, I know. I know we got women in here, but I I, I want to talk to the men for one second. You know, we talk to the women on fifty-two Sundays. Amen. That. <laughs> but this, this 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 is this is my brother's keeper, Zoom, and we are gonna be tough on the day, man. We are gonna stand up on today because. We, uh, we have to understand that life is a fight. Oh, glory to God. Mm-hmm. And today, he's going to teach us how to fight. As we look at this scripture, the <laughs> fight that's going on in the scripture. G, <laughs> <laughs> mute yourself. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) It's a fight, G. It's a fight. Mute yourself, G. (laughs) So today in the scripture that we just talked about, I want to show you the fight that is going on. And I know what you're saying, Pastor. You just read a scripture. You ain't read nothing about no fight. I didn't see a fight going on at all in this scripture. But there is a fight going on. There's a fight going on. Because it's just that some fights happen in arenas that are public, and others happen in arenas that are private. And Joseph is fighting a fight that only him and God knows he's fighting. Uh, Because I want you to imagine, men, fellas, I'm talking to you. You are engaged to your lady. And you have never... And you have been waiting to marry your lady. And while waiting for the marriage, you have never unwrapped the gift. And she calls you up, shoot you a text message, and says, we need to talk. Every man on the line just got nervous. Because when your lady say we need to talk, you don't know what happened, what she found out, what she didn't imagine or whatever, but we need to talk is never, ever a good thing. <laughs> so she tells Joseph, or imagine this is you. She tells you, baby, I'm pregnant. And you say huh <laughs> she say huh you say what well what you mean she said but listen God did it now let the fight begin. Because Joseph didn't believe her. Because if Joseph believed her, he wouldn't have needed an angel to come and talk to him. He wouldn't need an angel to come and talk to him. So this is a fight that Joseph is in. We don't see the fight. Because it's an underground fight. This fight ain't on Showtime or HBO or on pay-per-view. No, this is an underground fight. Can you imagine Joseph having to then turn and go tell his mom and his dad that the love of his life, your future daughter-in-law, is pregnant, but God did it. Whoo! And see, this is this is this is something that's going on underneath, behind the scenes, because like most men we go through the same thing that Joseph is going through. Joseph was fighting an invisible fight. This fight was internal, so it's not obvious. We can't see the fight that they're in. Like most men, this is how we fight. We're fighting battles that you don't see. We're fighting battles that you don't even know about. We're fighting battles. That the problem with fighting this type of battle is that when you fight an internal battle, when you win, you don't get nothing. Everybody goes through this, every man has gone through what Joseph has gone through. Not specifically the same scenario, but similar in circumstance. When there's an assignment you have been given that is uncomfortable, and you and your willingness to complete the assignment is based on you being able to win a fight that nobody knows you're having. Joseph represents those that have been given an inconvenient assignment that on the outside it looks like you're performing it faithfully, but on the inside, it took an angel. It took an angel for you to even show up. It took a divine intervention for you to even even stand and get out of bed. It took God and all of his moral compass for you to even be standing here today to show up on this Zoom call. And they think that, and, and the fact is that other people will be looking at you and be jealous and want what you got and you don't want what you got. Because they don't understand the fight that you're in. Because you can battle drugs, and when and they give you a high five, pat you on the back. You can battle. You you can you can come back from a setback and get a high five, and they'll they'll, they'll pat you on the back. Because these are bad battles that are fought publicly, generally. But most men are fighting fights that nobody knows about. Mm -hmm. And Joseph has to feel unappreciated. And I hear what the culture is saying. Oh, I hear it. I hear it, culture say it all the time. Why should we celebrate? Why should we celebrate you for doing what you supposed to do? And that may be culture, but it's not it's not Bible. Because all throughout the scripture you see God and God telling us to encourage others to do what they supposed to do. In leadership circles, either in leadership or in management, there are books written on the power of affirmation. Affirming people, letting them know what they are when they are doing are, are doing well. But why, but why is it that when it comes to men, don't celebrate them for doing what they're supposed to do. at least Joseph knew where he came from. This is why the angel called him Joseph, son of David. Because he had to remind Joseph that this is bigger than you. Woo, you gotta fight because it's bigger than you. You gotta fight because there's other people that are waiting on you to win your fight. You got to fight because it's a whole generation coming behind you. There's a whole generation that was before you. That's dependent on you to win this fight. Woo. And Joseph knew who his that he was the son of David. So if you don't know who your daddy is. That means you have been cut off from the influence of generations. And I'm fighting inadequacies. I'm fighting self-doubt. I'm fighting whether or not I'm good enough. I'm fighting if I'm raising my kids right. I'm fighting a fight. But nobody needs to encourage me to do what you supposed to do when I'm trying to live and walk out of situation and circumstance that was not modeled before me. But you supposed to do it. Woo. Joseph is fighting and his ego is crushed. He's all in his head fighting as a man He is crushed and still fighting. As a man, oh, I'm sorry, I said that. And that's where a lot of men are today, crushed and fighting. And you don't know, maybe a phone call could make a difference. Maybe a thank you could make a difference. Maybe some words of encouragement can make a difference. Every man you see is fighting. I don't care how prideful they look because pride ain't nothing but insecurities playing dress up anyway. Pride ain't nothing but insecurities playing dress up anyway. This is, this brother is fighting, but I want you to know, Joseph won the fight. And I know it's a fight, but Joseph gives us some insight about how to win the fight. Because you're fighting, because what you're fighting for is worth fighting for. Men, I know it's a lot of women online, but I'm talking to the men right now. Men, my brothers, men must be fighters. You cannot win if you do not fight. It's hard, I know, but fight. It's not fair, I get it. Fight. They get, they don't get me. I understand. Fight. They don't appreciate me. I get it. Fight. I'm misunderstood. I know. Fight. I feel like everybody else feel feelings matter, but mine. And when I make mine matter, I'm selfish. I know. Fight. I can't be upset, my feelings can't be hurt, but fight. Because it may feel like an uphill battle, but Joseph won this fight. He's teaching us how to fight in a few ways and I'm almost done. My time I watched the messed up, I don't know how long I've been on the line, but I'm almost done. I ain't going to be much longer because I'm going to tell you, he teaches how to fight in our face.
0: I'm
5: going to give you three ways. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to give you three ways, I okay? think. I'm going to give you three ways that he taught us how to fight. He taught us how to fight in our face because Mary comes to him and says, God did it. And he obviously has trouble believing it because an angel had to come and tell him. What she is carrying has come from the father and I'm calling you to steward what God has put inside of her. So you have to fight to believe what God has put in those that you are responsible for leading. I'm going to say that again. Then you have to fight to believe in what God has put in those that you are responsible for leading. This is why the enemy attacks men in the area of their faith and while women has been historically better at faith than men because the devil knows that he needs men to have a lack of faith because he knows you will tear his kingdom down if you have enough faith to believe in what god has put in those that you are responsible for leading. if god has god God, if you put it in my wife, then I have to help birth it. If you put it in my children, then I got to protect it. You got to fight in the area of your faith. Because there are people around you that are looking up to you, that are waiting for you to pull out the gift that God has placed inside of them. But you have to have enough faith to believe not just what God has put in you, but what God has put in people surrounding you. Woo! You gotta fight in the area of your faith. The next thing we gotta fight in the area of is the flesh. He was fighting in his flesh. The desire to put her away quietly it's not a faith issue. It's a theft, It's a flesh issue. I want to. I want to. I, I want to put her away before everybody finds out, and my pride, my ego, my reputation will be shattered. So let's get rid of it. Before anyone knows, this is a flesh issue. Because men, we rather get rid of it or avoid it than have to face it. So we won't talk or have a critical conversation because we don't know how our ego or our pride will make it out of the conversation. We're defending the flesh. It's a flesh issue because our pride, our ego, our rep, guides us and drives us in certain areas and arenas in our lives and we don't even know it. And this lady's on the line, so I can't really get into the flesh drive thing. But, you know, uh, at some point, we're going to have an all this joint, and we're going to just get really get into it. Because it drives us in ways. It, it just drives. Amen. We're going to go to the next and last point that I got for you. I'm going to read this last point. I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm done. The next thing he's fighting is he's fighting fear. What are you afraid of? A lot. First, I didn't believe it was God. And now that I believe it's God, I'm scared. Can anybody relate to that? I didn't think it was God. But now that I know it is God, I'm scared oh, I'm afraid, and men don't show fear the way we assume fear should be shown. That's why we are workaholics. That's why we are alcoholics. That's why we are gameaholics. It's either you're preparing for the worst to happen, or we're not trying to face what we think is going to happen. He's having conversations, ladies. Your man is having conversations. He's having thoughts that he don't talk to you about. Because as a man, he has to carry the load. So he's thinking about what if this happens? What if That happens, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? So I gotta work this overtime even when it don't look like I need the money. So because I don't know if the roof gonna fall in or I don't know if I'm gonna get into a car accident or I don't know what's going to happen. He's having these conversations, he's having these thoughts, these conversations with himself and he's not informing you of these conversations. And you gotta understand he's fighting his fear And he's fighting in silence. And because he's fighting in silence, we don't ever think he's fighting at all. And you'll come up to him and say something like, well, you just don't care. No, he cared too much. Or you just don't get it. No, I got it all. Oh, well, you need to spend time with me. I do, but what if the roof falls in? I do, but what if the car breaks down? I do, but what 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 if this happens? I do, but what if that happens? I do, but what if that happens? But we need to rest assured in the, in, in, in the in the in the fact that God has it all in control. and we'll work our whole lives away, waiting for bad to happen when you serve a good God. So we fighting in our faith. We have to fight our flesh and we have to fight our fears. And I'm gonna tell you this story and I'm gonna get out of here. It was a young man, he was coming up in the ranks and uh, it was a big conference. And uh, uh, we got done, you know, they collected the offering and uh, he was going out of town and uh, he was going out of town the next day and, uh, you know, he had uh, the offering and he was going to make the bank deposit. So when he went to go make the bank deposit, you know, he didn't want to get robbed. So because he didn't want to get robbed, he took his two buddies with him, uh, Smith and Wesson. He took them with him. You know, he took Smith and Wesson with, with him just for a little bit of protection. Amen. You know, peace, be still. Hold your peace. Nothing weapons. He took it with him. he put it in his bag, and he was going around. So when he made the, the deposit, you know, he 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 was he was driving around, made the deposit. He uh went ran a few errands, did a couple of things. Couple few days later, he was uh he was going around to the airport, you know. He uh he he went through and to the airport, he went to go check his bags, and they stopped him immediately. They stopped him immediately took him in the back room, put him in handcuffs. And he said, what is, what, what is this for? What are you talking about? And he said, sir, you have, you're trying to take a gun on the plane. Now this brother that had been in taxi cabs, he had caught scepter. he had drove around, he had did all these things. He have been in all types of other transportations. Never been stopped. They said, "Well, I didn't. And I forgot that I had it in my bag." He said, "I understand, sir. You forgot that you had it in your bag, but the fact is that you had it. And I want you to know. I said that all to say this: you gotta know, men. You gotta know what you carry." Because you're carrying around with you a weapon that you don't even know what you're carrying. And when opposition sees what you're carrying, they'll try to stop you and you don't understand why they're coming against you. It's because they know the weapon that you're carrying. Oh, glory to God. And I want you to know another thing about the story that I realized was that when he was in the cab and driving, it was okay. When he went to the store, it was okay. When he went all these other places all week long, he was okay. But when it was time for him to go to another level, when it was time for him to take off, when it was time for him to rise up above the level that he was used to being on, that's when the opposition stopped them for what he was carrying. So if you're coming up against a lot of attack and a lot of obstacles and a lot of situations and circumstances, and you don't realize what's going on, one is because life is a fight. Two is because you got to understand what you're carrying. You're carrying an anointing that's on your life that's going to free the generation that's coming behind you. You're carrying an anointing that's on your life that's going. To, that's, that's a group of women that's waiting for you to start your program there's a group of men that's waiting for you to write a book there's a group of men that's waiting for you to win your fight so they can be freed by your testimony there is something that you're carrying and if you don't understand what you're carrying you'll never birth it and i need you to understand that you're carrying something. Even if you don't feel like you're enough, you're carrying something. Even if you feel like you you can't make it, you're carrying something. Even if you feel like throwing in the towel, you can't because you're carrying something. You can't give up because you're carrying something. And the only way you lose the fight is if you quit because Jesus already won the victory for us. He said life, this life, this world will have tribulations but I've overcome the world. I've already done it and all you gotta do is not quit and you can't quit because of what you carry. What would have happened if Obama would have quit? What would have happened if Martin would have quit? What would have happened if Malcolm would have quit? What would have happened, happened? Because they didn't recognize what they were carrying. And if you don't know what you're carrying, keep on walking. Keep on believing. Because I know this. You're carrying something. I'm done, amen. I'm done. I'm done.
1: Uh, Less, yes, let's go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We needed to hear that, man. Um, Listen, that was... That was super dope. I mean, if you, I know you don't like to stop, you know what I mean? You don't have to quit. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got to save some for tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no, this was awesome. Cause I appreciate, you know, you even doing this, um, you know, does anybody have any questions? for Because at all,
5: any questions? Listen, we we're going to have part two. Hey, hey Pastor, I have hey, a question. Gonna... Okay. Hey,
4: uh, first, thank you for the compliment on the on the background. I did a lot of work to bring this to fruition. Um, I enjoyed your sermon, and uh, I didn't realize this wasn't open to forum, so I kind of want to throw this in here. But do you feel like with, with the church, right, today, you know, we're focusing on men. Do you feel like not – because you made a point earlier how, like, you know, with the sermons, we focus so much on the women – and I know within the Bible, it talks about how the man is the head of the household. And, it's, and you also pointed out how the attacks are going towards the men the most, because once the devil gets the man, it, it kind of mm-hmm. just shakes the entire household once you cut off the head. And, you know, I, I, I just want to know, like, how do we combat that now? Because it seemed like the modern man has become emasculated, so weak. They don't fight like you said. You know, you talk about we have to fight. We have to, you know, things are going to happen that's out of our control, but we have to keep fighting. But that message is is being lost. And I'm and I'm gonna point out what Frederick Douglass talked about. You know, it's easier to build strong. Sorry, daddy duties. Hold on, baby, daddy's doing something. So it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And I think now we have so many broken men because as their children we don't teach them to be strong to be men to fight so we have two dynamics we have grown men that we're trying to repair but we also need to focus on the young men to understand their importance and how important they are because from a biblical standpoint the man is so important but we don't focus on that so much i mean we 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 get the father's day and we like we build up the men and I mean, your sermon—you—you you touched on almost everything. But do, do, you, do you understand the point I'm trying to make, Pastor? I,
5: I, absolutely, and
4: uh, and you know, you you getting ready to have me go into part two. Of I part want you to go on part two because I I mean, like Kevin <laughs> said it takes some time. We all here. and yep. I I you know, it's just it's just to me. There's there's things that are created now, like the manosphere. You have red pill content, and I made a podcast talking about how toxic some of that information is because. The information that spews out is, is hatred and it demonizes women but it's interlaced with some good information right but the, but it, it's, it's trying to tackle a problem that the modern man is not strong they're not fighting like you said in a sermon
5: so so one of the things and uh i'm, I'm gonna say this tomorrow so y'all gotta act like y'all heard it for the first time so uh but one of the things that we we, we have to understand is that the bible does uh it uses animal references to uh, describe human uh, human characters, right? So human characters. So 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 you can uh, when when it, it, it describes Jesus, it would using two animals, right? He it, it uses the first animal that it uses is the lamb, you know. So the lamb is the 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 softness, the the gracious one, the 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 loving one the meek one you know and and that Jesus is that's that's the Jesus that everybody is comfortable with that one and and it's kind of like the black man everybody is comfortable with the quiet one with the one that won't speak up for himself with the lamb side of the man, of the black man but what we have to understand is that there was another animal that was describing of Jesus, which was the lion, which was a roaring lion, which was a fearless lion, which was the one that went into the temple and turned over the tables. And what we got to understand is the lamb side of, of of Jesus was the one that went to the cross. You know, now behold the lamb. But the problem is that we kept beholding the lamb and we only focused on his meekness because it wasn't the lamb that came out of it. The lamb went into the tomb, but the lion came out of the tomb. And the problem that we have is that we have too much lamb and not enough lion, or we have some people with too much lion and not enough lamb. But what we have to try to do is establish a balance between the two, because it takes balance to be a a, a man. It says a a, a double-minded man is unstable or unbalanced. So we need to be balanced. And the problem that we can't have is that we are not free from the opinions of other people. So we let the opinions of other people dictate how we should respond until being able to, you looking yourself in the mirror is not the main thing. You looking yourself on Instagram or Facebook or social media is what you develop how you should be. And my man said should is a cuss word. So we should be quiet or we can't say nothing or we shouldn't do nothing. And we become a total place where uh and 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 especially in the church. Especially in the church. The you wanna know the reason why and I don't mean speaking church. I love the church. Church saved my life. Church saved my life. It did it saved my life. But one of the things that we do is we cater to women, and you know why we cater to women because they help me. Mm-hmm. and we want somebody to help us with our assignment. but we gotta understand what you don't heal from your hand down. so you can try to uh you you can try to uh raise the kid. And train up a kid, but if it's a broken man trying to raise up a son, he will you will raise a broken son.
0: Because
5: what you don't heal from your hand down, and we have uh-huh. become, uh-huh. we have become, uh, we have become fake in our nature. Mm-hmm. We've been wearing masks far before COVID nineteen. Mm. You know, so 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 it, it has to be a balance between the two and we have to let uh, we have to let people be who they are. You know, we have to let people be who they are.
4: Yeah, we don't want men to be masculine anymore. And, and I like what you just pointed out where you talked about how, you know, just identifying yourself with stuff you see or hear and you're not coming up with your own. Thing. so you know the modern man it comes to be to be more feminine and that's not biblical at all because you know god didn't then you know he lead with the man and i feel like like you said we, we cater the messages to women primarily they come more they I, and if i remember right don't don't the woman hearken more to the to the word or like with their heart or something Absolutely. to that okay and with men you talked about the pride I love, can you please say what you said again about the pride? Because I need to write that down. You said oh, pride is dressed up. Oh, pride, pride, pride is just insecurities playing dress up. And it also talks about how pride cometh before the fall. Pride cometh before the
5: fall.
4: And there's so many men who fall because we don't take that seriously. And, you know, Kevin, I just want to point out, man, thank you for having me I won't say i too much longer. And thank you, Pastor. And everybody you had just said some great stuff because I feel like that, we lose track of how important the man is to the family unit. And I think as the black, and we talk about black people, the black family was stronger back in the day when we went to the church and we understood our roles. But now it's, it's the, the, cause the, the attack is on the man, which attacks the family unit. The family unit is falling apart. The men are growing up weaker. And now we have so many broken men who just, you know, and I like the, 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 the stat Kevin pulled up that, Three point eight eight times more likely to commit suicide because we don't know how to fight. We don't know how to fight.
5: I, I like how you. I like how you tied that in too. Mm-hmm. That was. That was. That was good. And, 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 and if you, I try not to say nothing about my women, right?
4: No, nah, I mean, but, but you know, it's, it's not I'm being say, disrespectful. I'm, but Pastor, please, this, please, I'm,
5: I'm gonna say this. Just you know, I'm gonna say it. I, Carmen, I love you. You're on the line. I love you. I'm going to say it right. But the Black culture is the only culture you will ever hear somebody saying or women saying, I'm a boss. I mean, oh, I'm a boss, this. Oh, I'm a go getter. Oh, I'm a this, I'm a that. I mean, and, and it, it, you 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 can't be the boss if you want a man because you don't know how to be submissive to the man.
1: Hey, you so speak, the only I just wanted to say that you' spitting right now.
4: The, Fire! The, I'm quiet. The, just keep the, going. The man. only Listen.
5: man you can get at that point is a man that's going to assume the other role. So y'all playing role reversal. So because you a boss strong woman, you have to get you a not boss weak man.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And then you unhappy with the weak man and you say it ain't no good men out here. But the fact is we can't, we gotta the, the Bible says, in your weakness, I can be made strong. And we are are so afraid to be weak and allow the man to be strong. But if you don't feel as though this man, you can trust this man to guide you, that you can trust this man to lead you, you can trust this man to direct you, that you can trust this man to do all these things without saying, move, I got it, step aside, I'm a boss, then you just need to go get another man that you can trust. To lead you, guide you, direct you, take care of you, push you in a direction, God and lead your family in a way that, that they need to be led. A, a man that can hear from God and direct the family because Mary could have said, well, listen, you ain't got nothing to do with this. God gave me something and this belongs to me, this between me and God, but God gave it to Mary, but he gave the direction to the man. He gave, he gave Mary the baby, but he told Joseph what the name it. He gave Mary the baby, but he told Joseph to get the baby out of there because it's trying to get killed. He, he, he gave Mary the baby, but he communicated with the head. And the so, reason why a lot of our babies are dying is because you won't listen to what the man is, is telling you about the baby that you're carrying. Because this is my baby. This is my business. This is my family. This is my life.
4: Hey, you, you answer my next question, I think, the, which is the man first has to be submissive himself. And then attract the woman that's going to be submissive to him and then work on them. And then, cause it, we, we have to, cause the purpose of this podcast, at least I'm understanding right, Kevin, is we we're trying to repair the situation that is dire within our community of men. So we we have to first be submissive to God. We have to submit, understand and listen, and then we can lead our women, but we have to find a woman that's going to not be on that boss role because again, that's it, you know. It can't be too alphas and too, you know, too too masculine and too feminine because it ain't gonna work.
5: And, and, and part, <laughs> of the, part of the re- part of the reason is because we, you know, you and I tell this to my women, like you have to be able to uh, conf- uh, get with someone who can support who you are. So you can't, you can put a, you can put a cup on a coffee table, but you can't put the coffee table on the, on the cup. And a lot of us are walking around trying to put the coffee table on the cup. So you got a coffee table worth of, worth, worth of vision and legacy inside of you as a woman, and you get the cup worth a man. So if you got a coffee table worth of vision and legacy inside of you, then you need to get you a man that's a floor. Because the floor can support the table, so and it, 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 you gotta you but but you gotta be willing to be supported. Because we look crazy trying to put your coffee table on the top of a cup. So the you 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 know the man has to be because my wife got a lot of vision. My wife got a lot of purpose. My wife got a lot of legacy, but I'm man enough to support it. You know what I mean, I'm man enough to carry it. I'm man enough to hold it. You know I mean, I'm man enough to know that her 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 stepping up, her moving forward doesn't affect me as a man. And she woman enough to let me lead. So we exactly. have to, we, we, we have to we have to understand that it's not it's not a it's not a negative thing, Kevin making making faces at Trish. Let's go, Kevin. You know what I mean <laughs>
4: He got a good one. He got a good one. So, you know, thank you, Pastor. Sorry, sorry, I took you on the sideways, but you 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 definitely cover that. And I want to make sure when people do watch this and listen to it, because that's the goal, what I have in my podcast is that each episode I make, I try to think about men and the things in which they're going through, because a lot of times we don't talk about it enough. So, you know, Kevin, thank you for having me on the platform, Pastor. That's perfect, man. You, you sent me off, right? So thank you.
2: Oh,
4: Thank you, sir. appreciate you. Okay.
2: Yes, sir. I would like to get on his podcast the next time he has one. Okay, I got you on. I'll
4: I, I, I have you on, man. We'll we'll, we'll link. I, I want you on too, Pastor. We'll set something up. Okay, I'd love to get
5: on, man.
0: Yeah.
5: I, 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 knew, I knew you had something for me by the background, bro.
4: I did it right away. Soon <laughs> as I got on. <laughs> hey, you deliver, man. I mean, you, we need to hear this, and 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 again, the, we're gonna play this back, and I'm gonna get some snippets and put the shorts up because enough men don't hear it. And I and I like what we kept talking about through that the women need to hear this too. So I'm glad we have women in this forum because it understands to teach them how to be submissive and and be the Sarah. To, to their Abrahams and understand that if you don't have an Abraham, you need to find you an Abraham. And, you know, you need to, you need to understand that balance. Like, like you said, if you wipe the coffee table, you need to be the floor. However, you know, you need to be able to support that and need to understand your roles, but we lost track of that within the church. And I think that's why a lot of people don't go to church like they used to and why we have so many failures within our community, because we lost track of how important the family unit is the family. I mean, that is the foundation of everything. And it's a, you know, it's what we call it in the church. I remember fast, uh, like generational curses right? because the same problems that we're seeing, this ain't new. This is generation to generation. It's just slowly getting progressively worse. And now we come to a time to where, you know, back in the day, the things we seen on TV, the things we listened to, it wouldn't even come on because it was disrespectful. Now we don't have men standing up no more. Now it's like right. we're so scared to say something like, oh, I ain't going to say nothing. I'm afraid to lose my job. Right. That ain't the lion. That, that ain't the lion. That other, ain't the lion. You know, that's so a whole we,
2: other
4: like, situation. That's a whole situation. But the point is, is that we have to, we have to stand up. We have to fight. We have to be that lion. And I love that analogy because I never, I wasn't even aware of that. So thank you, Pastor. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've done it,
5: but you know. Listen.
2: Do,
1: do, do you think? Uh, I'm listen. I'm I'm extremely excited and uh, I'm happy about. Drew, thanks for for even saying anything, bro. And, and you know what I'm saying, coming on and and um, you know, just you sparked a, a different conversation. You know what I'm saying. You kept that's the same conversation, past, man. <laughs> same one, man. You kept pastor going. You know what I'm saying. He's ready. To, I told him. I said you can still you can still keep going. And then <laughs> you kept him going though. But now nah, I appreciate him. Um, I appreciate all of y'all. Listen, man. Everyone that came on, thank y'all. Um, g uh tisha james adrian josh Aunt Tina, monet uh aaron pops on here everybody on here um everyone from from the church um just thank y'all mark i appreciate the and my brother travis man listen um i wanted to i don't want to put him on on front street or nothing like that bro so i hope you don't mind but um my brother travis um, he's going through something right now. You know what I mean. Um, we used to rap together. We was in a group, and um, he had surgery, and um, it it uh, you know, paralyzed his legs. So he's right now fighting back to get it to, to get his legs back working. So you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, we just gonna always keep you in prayer, bro. I'm so glad you popped on here because I know this is something that you needed to hear. And uh, yeah. Uh, uh, can you lead us out with, with, uh, with a prayer?
5: All right. Uh, let, let us look to the Lord. We're going to lift up Brother Travis first. Too. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come boldly before your throne, Lord God. Lord God, we just uh, uh, come as humbly as we know how, Lord God. Lord God, we ask that you just... Uh, touch Brother Travis right now, Lord God. Lord God, touch his mindset, Lord God, so that he knows the fight, Lord God. Touch his legs, Lord God. Let him know that his 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 next won't be his now, Lord God. So what it may look like right now, the next chapter won't be the same, Lord God, that greater and better is coming his way, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for every man, every woman, every child that was on the line today, Lord God. We pray that somebody's life was touched, that somebody's mentality was changed, that somebody's uh, future will be better by what was spoken on today, by all of the speakers, Lord God, that everyone that says something, Lord God, Lord God, we ask you right now, Lord God, that everyone that poured out uh, on tonight, Lord God, that you fill them back up, Lord God, that you uh, touch their families, touch anybody that's connected to them, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you right now, Lord God, that you were in the midst, that you thought it not robbery to be in the midst of this situation, You'd be in the midst of this Zoom call, Lord God. Lord God, you said when two or three are gathered in your name, Lord God, you didn't say gathered physically, Lord God, but we're gathering, Lord God, by the technology, Lord God. So Lord God, we know that you were in the midst, Lord God. So Lord God, we thank you and we appreciate you, Lord God, so much, Lord God. And Lord God, as we leave the Zoom call, Lord God, let us not go back to to be the same way that we was, Lord God. Let us take this information that we got today and apply it to our lives, Lord God, so that we can create change in our situation, in our atmosphere, in our families, Lord God. So Lord God, we will forever give your name to praise the honor and the glory in Jesus mighty and precious name. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank amen. y'all, man. Thank y'all for everything.
5: All right. <laughs> and we out.
0: Glass in the air Toast to a high power Cause what you tuning in to right now Is Lito's happy hour Little happy hour, this is where we say. Rollin' uncut, we giving real facts. Educating, entertaining all the people. And when it comes to podcasts, it ain't nothing equal. Giving people knowledge they can put in action. All way authentic, we ain't never capping. Exclusive interviews, cause we ain't never lacking. The other state is talking and we bout the action. Huh. Bless in the air Close to a higher power This is Lito's happy hour